Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. We're going to play some highlights of the Kevin Warren press conference. Again, the new president expected to join us in about 30. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie in an hour. Boys around 2 to 6. Blex on tonight, 6 to 8. Uh, a couple of shows in. Uh, he and Abdallah are together a couple of days this week in for Greeny. Is that at the end of the week, Chris? Uh, tomorrow and Thursday. Tomorrow, tomorrow and Thursday. Thursday. Okay, yeah. good. So we'll be able to cross talk with the guys tomorrow and Thursday. Yurko's going to be gone at the end of the week. He's going down golfing in Florida with some buddies and some of his brother's old teammates. Yep. Uh, Merck passed 10 years there? ago this month. So you guys are doing a little commemoration Yeah, trip. we're getting down there. I you like know, that. Do a little gambling, a little golfing, you know. A little drinking, smoke, a little smoking. Some cigars, a little bourbon, Carm. I think oh, you'd enjoy dude, it. I'm jealous of this trip. Yeah. Yurko's going to be gone Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday. Connor's going to be in with, uh, with me. So Connor's going to do his best to uh, fill your big shoes. Connor will be in here on Thursday and Friday. Big shoes. Uh, Only 11 and a half. Those are big shoes. What are you talking about, Yurko? Literal and proverbial. Come on. I got you. Uh, I've got an announcement to make in a minute or two about our first remote of the year. We can already uh, promote an event. Finally. Yeah, but but you were right. Jacob Nitzberg from ESPN Stats and Info did do the research, and Yurko was correct. So here's what he sent me. No division has sent three teams to the playoffs in the divisional round since realignment in 02. The last time it happened prior to realignment was, Yurko did the research, 1997. The five-team NFC Central sent three teams to the divisional playoffs, and Yurko told you those three. Here are the times it's happened in NFL history, Yurko. 97, which you talked about. 92, NFC East again. It was the Cowboys, Eagles, and Washington that year. And then you know, uh, the, duh, 1985, the AFC East. It was Dolphins, it was Patriots, it was Jets, and ultimately it was the yeah. Patriots that would meet the Bears in the Super Bowl that year. But those three teams went before realignment J-E-T-S, to the divisional round. Jets, Jets, Jets. So it's only happened a few times, yeah. and it hasn't happened in 25 years, but we have it for this weekend. So Yurko and I are going to be out and about. We can already talk about a football Friday. How about that? I like it. Not this week, because Yurko's going to be gone next Friday, which is January 27th. AFC-NFC Championship weekend. Ahead of Championship Sunday, Yurko and I will be out in St. Charles at one of our favorite places, the Pride Stores in 93 Octane Brewery. Yeah. And it's going to be an extra special event, not only because you can come by and see us and have some delicious lunch and Drink some beers, if you like, from all the great beer that they make there. But we are releasing the 10-year Whistle Pig Rye Pick that we did with some listeners in conjunction with the Pride Stores back in the fall. For the first time, these Whistle Pig bottles, the single barrel we selected, will be for sale. I know they're going to be pouring some to sample. But you will also be able to buy them for the first time at the Pride Store on that Friday. So hang with us next Friday, January 27th. First event, first remote of the year for us, a week from this Friday, noon to about 2.30 at the Pride Stores in St. Charles. I look forward to that very much, my friend. I'm excited for it. I am, too. I am excited for it. One of my favorite Pride we Stores already, of all the Pride Stores I've been to. Oh, it's probably, they've got the biggest selection of whiskey and wine at that one. They brew their own beer, like we talk about, at 93 Octane, so it's I'm a waiting, pretty special I'm, store. I'm waiting for our appearance at the Pride Store down in uh, beautiful uh, Dyer, Indiana. We should right talk to Mario line. and Chris right and the guys. Right on the state line, kid. What we should think about is doing like another collaboration to pick another single barrel with them. 
And maybe we do like an unveiling at the uh, well, I'd love by that. you. I'd love that, Carm. We have a few things already teed up to do some more barrel picks in 2023. We yes, had two we great do. picks with Few Whiskey. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get back together with our great partners at Few and do some more picks. And we're going to think of ways to make it more interactive and collaborative with listeners because it's a fun experience when you get to sample and uh, pick, a, I like pick that. a nice single barrel. I like that. Maybe we involve a couple listeners and have the listeners get a chance to get their that's, pick. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, like even do their own pick. Yeah, yeah they get be to be the, the two listeners get in, or one yeah. guy wins and he brings a partner. Yeah, and then uh, he'll get maybe one of the guys from Benny's to help him out. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah, it's a great experience, man. If you've never done it, I'm telling you, it is such a fun thing. To and we'll sit call down that like the consensus pick. The consensus, the people's pick. pick. You get like three to six barrels in front of you, and they yeah. just say, "Okay, go see which ones you guys like," and you get to pick one. It's really a lot of fun. I, uh, I was at a wedding Saturday night, and a friend of a relative went to Few oh, yeah? over the weekend and had a blast. Yeah? Just yeah, doing like a little distillery yeah, tour? Yeah, because yeah. he, was, he was told, hey, you know, Bleck did that with the guys at the station, and he, he was raving about how much fun he had. It's very cool, the setup they have there. Yeah. You wouldn't expect it, like, off the train tracks in this little corner alley in Evan, down, like, near downtown Evanston. It's like, I mean, it really wait, feels they're making like, whiskey there? It really feels like you're bootlegging back it, there, right? It's totally very does. secretive. Like... You gotta walk down an alley, yeah, and, and then they have this little like saloon area where you can sit and sample things. And right behind that wall and that window, they're making all the whiskey. That's where it's all happening. It's very, very cool. It is. You should see it sometime if you're up in the Evanston area. Just stop by a few. Jason's in Denver on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jason? Hey, how's it going, guys? Great, man. Hey, hey I just wanted to run something by you, man. With all these things lining up for us to have one stellar of an off season and all that. How do you guys feel about Bears being on hard knocks? Oh, that's the last thing I want to see. Really? I want them to concentrate yes. on what the hell's going on. I, wa- I don't want them worrying about having to edit stuff. I want them to that's- X's and O's, no distractions whatsoever. I see, and I, I kind of thought you'd go that way. I could see, we, you know, people, we could go both ways on that. And I just wanted to see what you two thought. I would dig it. But I could see how that could be a serious bad move, too. All right, Jay, thanks. I wouldn't mind. How much of a distraction could it possibly be, especially for a team coming off a three-win campaign that's still sort of rebuilding? If you had a guy like Saragusa and you had a veteran team, maybe not. The way the Baltimore Ravens did it, where the Goose just took the pressure off of everybody. He says, don't worry, let the camera follow me. I'll be the smart aleck and the funny one and have a good time. If you had that, but who do you have, have that? on that team? You got a, a, a youth-laden team where everybody's going to want to get their brand out there? No. No, no, no. I don't want it. Are the Bears... Until the, the Bears, day they have to do it. Do the Bears meet the criteria? Yes. They do? They're one of four teams that are eligible. They're one of yes. four? One of four teams that are eligible. Because the coach has to be within the first two years? Isn't that one it's of the criteria? Something crazy. Something, weird like something that? crazy. Then they do the midseason, too, which yeah. I, I, that, to me, would be maybe more distracting. I, you know, I don't even. Well, know. Everything you do on the football field is always being filmed anyway. So, I mean, during the season, if you're playing well and they want to go ahead and pop cameras on you, what's the, at that point? What's the difference? Yeah, I don't want to be there during installation. I don't want them to be there when the mistakes are being made. Okay, if they want to come during the season, that I don't care about. And I guess it can't be within the first two years of a coach being there because Dan Campbell did it last year. That was his third year. So I guess that's not one. I don't know all the criteria. I don't religiously watch Hard Knocks anymore. And for no other reason than it's just there's a lot to consume and a lot to watch. I stopped because of the Raiders. Because the Raiders. When they started having editorial control, then you had Antonio Brown being a goofball. I'm like, no, I, I don't. This is not what I signed up for.
I signed up for the action. Like when it was in Cincinnati, and it was uh, what's his Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard's first year, his rookie year. Wow, cool. He was Way trying back. to make that seven years ago. Wow, he's trying to make the team. That's probably the last time I really watched it. I don't. I can't say that I'd mind. Uh, I don't care too much one way or another. But I wouldn't mind if yeah. the Bears were on it. Okay, it'd give us something else. It'd give us some more content. If anything else, right. if during I want, August, it'd give us some more right. content. If I want what's best for the Bears, I don't want it there in preseason. Really, no. you think that's? What I always think that Hard Knocks is best consumed in bingeable form after the fact. Hmm. I think watching it week to week is just not enjoyable. But if you watch like three episodes in a row. At the end yeah. of September, like after when there's no games on, it's like, all right, that's kind of cool. But Yurko's right. It, it's like it's um, washed of anything real. It, it's all phony for it's the cameras. Gone. It's, it's all gone staged. Now. And I do wonder, yeah. like, who would the personalities be? At least Detroit's got some big personalities on that coaching staff. You know, he's got an incredible coaching staff of guys that had long NFL careers. He's and- always had compliments on his staff. Yes, I know he has. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I, like, I think that could, again, I did not watch it religiously. I don't watch every minute of all four episodes. I just sort of caught it in bits and pieces and like do Staley's always entertaining. And they're like, there was some personality there. Do the bears have that? I do think you bring up an interesting point about like who becomes the alpha for the bears, who dominates the cameras. I mean, I don't know. They have mostly, well, you, you would hope it's your quarterback. I know, but he's more of a soft-spoken guy. It doesn't I matter. It needs to be your quarterback. And I don't think it would be him. Like, is there a jokester on the team? And I'm sure there's somebody we... I don't know who it is. Uh, I know Cole Komet's good with the media. They say Braxton Jones was really good as a rookie with the media and handled things very well. But are they the kind of personality? Maybe Cole Komet is the kind of guy they gravitate towards a little bit if they did that this year. We'll have a little bit more of a presence up there this year. It'll be fun once we get to be a little bit closer uh, because of what's coming up here in 2023 and our affiliation, but uh, it'll be good to you'll be a little bit closer up and behind the scenes, maybe to see what's going on at training camp. But man, camp's so different these days too. That's another thing that has changed hard knocks. Yeah. It's just different. Like going to camp is so much different than it used to be. You know, there. Yeah, I feel like it was. There were more shenanigans. There was more wow. camaraderie. They were on the road. They were away from the facility. It was just different. I, I played during the transformation of what training camp was all about. I went from the days in Miami where it was double sessions and you were just happy if you took your pants off for the second practice. And just you know, playing shorts? Took the pads out of your pants and just played in shorts, in shorts. with just the you know, shoulder pads and helmets. It was a miracle if that happened. Jeez. A miracle you were happy to have it happen. That's crazy. To the point where I got into Green Bay and I, you know, at 94 when, when uh, Mike was there and he was comfortable in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, we we didn't have pads on at all. We just helmets, and we're out there running around, mm. playing with speed, staying out of each other's way. Mm. And he said, "But you got to get your work in. You got to work on your techniques and your fundamentals." He goes, "And as long as we practice fast, we're going to be good. If we don't practice fast, we'll put the pads back on." Huh. That was the uh, yeah. the threat. The threat. Got to yeah. have a threat. Yeah, yeah. But it worked. Yep, it worked. They were a pretty good team. They were a pretty good team for a long period of time. I guess it's easier to do when you have a good veteran team, too, maybe. It seems like. Well, we got there. We do. got to becoming a good veteran team. And yeah. he didn't love taking the pads on, but he knew, you know, according to Bill Walsh, you got to keep these guys fresh yes. when they're not fresh. It's a big Bill Walsh thing. Yeah. We played Chicago in 91, and I was on the field at the end of the year. So it was my first one of the first games I played. And we talked to Thayer and Hilge on the field. Dying. And they're just like, we, he's beating the hell out of us. We were getting a hell kicked out. This was, was at Ditka. the end of camp? Still, end of Ditka. 
No. Oh, at the end of the it's season. Toward the end of the season, end December. The season. Oh, man. Yeah, they beat us. They Oof. scored three defensive touchdowns, kicked three field goals, oh, and beat us like 30 to something. Huh. Right? But, you know, if Sterling guys. dropped a fourth quarter pass, would have given us a first down, give us a chance to go ahead and compete. Late 91, you could find the score. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were beat to hell. They were telling us they were beat to hell. Mm. Then you'd see them the next year, and we were telling them uh, 92 is when uh, we were beat to hell, too. 92 is Mike came in, and 92 we talked to him, too. And it, we're still like daisies. We're, we're having a good time. You know, we feel fresh. Look at this. Look at this. Yes. I think we were going 9-7 and seven that first show with Mike, but we didn't make the playoffs. We were out of the playoffs. Right. That, yeah. And next year you guys did. Yeah. One of uh, Bill Walsh's many, uh, you know, sort of, Words of wisdom that he left and imparted on this game and so much of what he did. But that was one of them. And Holmgren yeah. was one of his guys. And Yurko's like, talked about that. It was the same sort of philosophy that we'd rather make sure our guys are a little bit healthier later in the season. And now pretty much everybody has adopted that type of mentality. And there's certain things in the rules that just prevent it from being any other way. But, yeah, I think that's why Hard Knocks maybe lost some of the luster. I wouldn't mind if the Bears were on it, though. We'll play some Kevin Warren highlights coming up. He's expected to join us. We'll talk to him live at about 1.30. But uh, the Bears held the press conference today, ushering in a brand new era up at Hallis. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Talk to Kevin Warren in about 15, 20 minutes. But the uh, Bears introduced their new president and CEO up at Hallis Hall earlier today. We'll play a few highlights of that real quick and then talk to the man himself a little later. But uh, here was Kevin Warren, Yurko. Uh, why join the Chicago Bears and leave the Big Ten Network? Many of people have asked me, why the Bears? Why this time? It's because of the, the challenge, the opportunity. I trust Ryan. I trust Coach Matt that we're going to do things the right way. We're not going to take shortcuts. We're going to build an incredible franchise. I came here to win championships, to win the NFC North, to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl, to help shepherd and lead a stadium development project, to embrace our alumni, to embrace our history and tradition, and to embrace the absolutely incredible Chicago Bear fans. Oh, he's got a meeting out of the palm of his hand already, Yurko. Win the NFC North. Oh, yeah. Win the George Hallis Trophy. Yeah. Win the Lombardi Trophy. Win the North. How about it? Here, I want to play this Winter one. Winter is coming. This is important because this is about his role and how this is going to work with the football side of things. All right, here's Kevin Warren trying to explain it. And one of the things I've learned is when you build a championship culture, the questions and the ideal and the thought process of who has the final say and all that really becomes irrelevant because at the end of the day, when we come out of whatever room we're in, we have the common goal. And the common goal is to bring championships here. And so I think uh, my goal, I know every day, whether it's football, whether it's business, whether it's stadium, whether it's league matters, whether it's dealing with ownership, is to make sure that we're prepared, we're organized, we're detailed, we're methodical, and I'm there as a resource. And as I say, honestly, I always look up, I mean, because this, this is, I'm a very boring person. Uh, this is all that I do. 
you know, I don't have any hobbies. My wife's been telling me for years, you need to get hobbies. She finally stopped telling me that a couple years ago. She recognizes it's my family and it's my work. And, and this is not even work to me anymore. This is a unique situation. And so because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to come with no ego to be able to say, who do I know? Who do I know about someone? What can I bring to help the football operations to bring us a championship? Coach Dick Vermeil says something to me during our quest in St. Louis for a Super Bowl. Our first year, we were 5-11. and Second year, we were 4-12. and Last year, 16-3, and our Super Bowl year. Two things he said. He said a lot of things, but really resonate with me. The second year, he said to me, he said, once people in the building realize that not if, but when we win the Super Bowl, that all of our rings are going to look the same, that they'll put their egos to the side. And it was interesting at the ring ceremony, it was right. My Super Bowl ring looked just like Kurt Warner's. It looks like just like Marshall Fox, Orlando Pace, and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. It looked the same. And so that's one thing. The other thing that he said is you got to recognize that when you build a house, you build the basement first. So although you drive by a house and you don't see any progress upon land, that doesn't mean the building is not going on. And so I think with that and that common goal that, that, that Matt and Ryan and George and everyone in this organization will have, it will be a very uh, healthy environment. We won't agree on everything, uh, but we'll work together because we have a common goal of making sure that we bring championships to this franchise. Well, there's a lot of just talking about collaboration, and that's kind of what they want to do. He will you – know, Ryan Poles, as I understand, and we've been on the air. Chris was filling us in as he was listening. Ryan Poles will report to Kevin Warren, right, Chris? Yeah, George announced before he introduced Kevin that there is a new structure okay. that one person will report to George, and that will be Kevin Warren. Okay, and so that's kind of the pecking order. And then below uh, Kevin Warren will be Ryan Poles, and then all of his guys. So that's how it's going to go. So there will be, you know, he's going to have input. But obviously the stadium seems to really be the focus. I guess this is uh, a little bit about that, too, Yurko. This includes a, a question about the stadium and, the potential move here to Arlington Park. Uh, Two-part question for you about the stadium in Arlington Heights. Do you view that as the sole focus of the organization right now? Yes, that's the sole focus right now. As opposed to any of the options? 100%. And in a best-case scenario where everything goes great as far as the construction and the closing and all that, when is the earliest realistic time the stadium could open? I'll be able to answer that question to you in about six months when I'm able to sit down and really review things. It wouldn't be proper for me to say it. i got to really sit down and get the information downloaded. I'll be able to answer that. I'd be guessing right now. All right, good answer. You could close the book on anything like yeah. that they present to them about staying at Soldier Field, right? I mean, that kind of seemed definitive. The soul, you know, like, listen to that. Uh, Two-part question for you about the stadium in Arlington Heights. Do you view that as the sole focus of the organization right now? Yes, that's the sole focus right now. As opposed to any of the options? 100%. That's the sole focus right now, 100%. The stadium, the uh, land, no, no the land, the stadium, and, and no, right? You're There's like, no, no gray area there. No. Yeah. And not that we thought there was much. I mean, right. the city's doing all this last-ditch effort well, stuff. listen, the city can do whatever I, the city I, needs. But if they want that place to be a viable structure to host sports, sporting events and to host concerts and to host other events on the lakefront in the city of Chicago, then the city's got to go about the business of doing what they need to do to make that. Right a viable option for those areas that would compete against Arlington Heights and other venues in Tinley Park for concerts and other such things. But if you want to compete against that new facility in Arlington Heights for March Madness, well, guess what? That's something that you might want to do sooner than later 
to get that facility up and then start competing for big events that happen over the course of the year. Didn't do it. Who's going to pay for that, man? Right. Without the Bears. Who do you think's going to pay for it? Me. Who pays for it all the time? Me. The citizenry. The citizenry will pay for it. A Cook County resident for the follies of <laughs> Cook County and the city of Chicago. Am I going to be paying for that, Yurko? I hope I'm not paying for two stadiums. I'll Are you still in Cook County, Carm? Yes, you're, I reside in Cook County. You're paying, baby, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll pay Flex. if I purchase something down here. I'll pay because the one thing the city of Chicago loves to do is tax everything. Black is a resident of Cook County. Yeah, yeah come out. I'll, I'll join we'll your fight. Uh, no paying for stadiums. We're going to pay for two potentially. Yeah, I'm good. Kendra, do you live no, in thanks. Cook County? Do you I, live in Cook County? I Wait, first of all, I agree with you two. No paying for stadiums. See? We pay for enough things in Chicago. We, we got we to gotta pay. Now we got to pay for two stadiums potentially? Are you buying a condo by down here, by the way? That's what you made it sound like for a second. Who's buying a condo? Well, you said if I buy something down here, are you going to buy like a little... I'm not buy No, buy, buy something down here. By that, I, I meant a sandwich. By that, I meant a bowl of I soup. I thought you meant like you're looking at a condo or something. No, so have you a... ever seen the tax on a bowl of soup down here? I have, I have. It is. It's you crazy. know what? They, they love I... taxing you. I get my bill in most places, and I'm always you looking at that county weed? tax. You buy weed in the state of I Illinois? I buy weed, so... Have you seen the price tag on the bottom I, that goes I, to taxes? I bought gummies once. Jeez. And I think I tried two of them, and they're still sitting in a drawer. I did buy gummies once, I, and it was I don't remember what it even... Carm, I did a 25, and I swear to you, I was praying to the Lord that night. 25? Not to, just to let me live to the morning. Yeah. That seems excessive at 25. It, it, it seemed excessive when he gave it to me. I did like I did like point five. I think I was going to chop it in half. Now one point five is five. That's what you were doing. Was I doing five? Yeah. Is that what I was doing? I don't know. Five. So I, maybe a ten. I thought it was like five milligrams of the whole thing, and I cut it into quarters. I had this like a quarter oh, of boy. it. And you didn't get any effect Nothing. at all. I was too yeah. scared. You're not going to get an effect. That's why I haven't gone back. Twenty five. I felt my I my heart at three o'clock in the morning. I'm just saying, just settle down, little buddy. We're going to make it to the morning. We're going to be fine. I don't ever want to feel like that. Do do uh, do those go? Do they have an expiration date on those? What do you think? Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I, I don't, you think I don't they know. Put it on the bag. Probably. I don't know whether they do or they don't. I have to check. I don't know what the. I'm half not kidding. Life, I'm like a year and a half. I don't, ago. I don't know what the half life of a gummy is. Maybe about a year ago. Yeah. I don't know. Whenever. But I know if you need a Twinkie like 300 years after they make it, I think you're okay right. with a gummy. It's probably going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Michael, it's from the Earth. Michael's on the South Side. What's up, Michael? Yeah, hey guys, do you, you remember me? I think I talked to y'all last week. Yeah, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, we know. Right, okay, and I said that uh, the Vikings were a fraud. Yes, yes, we they were. were. I think we agreed I, with I, you. They were. <laughs> I mean, I, I, had, I knew that it was going to get bumped off because they were so lucky this year. I knew that look was good. it was not going, it was not going to play out in the playoffs. Yeah, I think. Uh... And I do remember you call Michael, and I think we agreed. I think most of us thought that way. We're not just trying to bag on the Vikings. The Vikings are in a better spot than the Bears are in right now. We, Of course they are. The Vikings were in the playoffs. Vikings won the division. But we knew that team didn't have teeth, really. We knew that. You know how confident Sylvie was that he was not going to have to have Viking Scott down here to do a show with oh, him? He when Viking Scott yeah. called before New Year's and he said, all right, promise me this. If the Vikings, I don't even think it was win. I think it was just go, too. I think all they had to do was win the conference, Yerk. Yeah. And Sylvie said, fine, you come in and sit in for a while one day. I'll do the whole show with you. We knew that wasn't going to happen. I'm telling you, it was the least surprising thing of the weekend. And there was an epic collapse. The least surprising thing was the Vikings losing to the Giants. And I don't even think the Giants are particularly good. 
Either do I. But that Danny Dimes, man, there's something about him on the road. I mean, like his numbers on the road, especially as a road underdog, and he is a magician. And Bears fans and Bear, the Bears in general know this firsthand from the, what was that, week three, week four matchup? Yes. That guy is a magician with the ball in his hands. I'll give him that. Like, his, his sleight of hand, his fakes are really good. Don't you think? They're really good. Are you talking about the behind the back? Well, that wasn't well, even behind the back. It was in front. He did like he that never Statue hit of Liberty. The ball. Right. He kept it. He did the Statue of Liberty with yeah. the right hand. The ball stayed in his left hand in front of everybody to see. Yeah. Wasn't like he was hiding it from anybody. He just put the hand up there, said, hello. I just think me. his ball fakes in general. And then he went around the back and handed yeah, the yeah. ball off to the running yeah. back. I think his ball fakes in general. I think his play action game is really, really good. I mean, like he... Look, you pointed it out a million times when it was happening over and over again to the Bears in that game. You're like, okay, at some point, you need to make an in-game adjustment. And it took the Bears forever. But he's done it to teams all year. It's on tape. And they still get fooled badly by him. Like, he's really good at that. So they've designed and schemed an offense. Like, Dayball and Kafka have done a good job utilizing his strengths. I still don't know how convinced I am on Danny Dimes being, like, a franchise quarterback, but... He just went on the road, threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns, and they won as an underdog, you know, in a road playoff game. So I, he's confusing to me. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'd want to, like, invest my future in Danny Dimes, but at the same time, I don't know how the hell they've done it. With Isaiah Hodgkins, he took a cast off from the Buffalo Bills in November, and he's made him on. You know, he's made him a viable option for that offense. So he's done something right there. But I think a lot of it is coaching and scheme and play calling. And they've used his strengths to their advantage. It's one thing Matt Nagy never wanted to do, ever. Nope, it's my offense. That's it. It's got to be this way. They've taken what Danny, Danny uh, Jones, Daniel Jones does very well, and they've used it to their advantage. That's good coaching. Kevin Warren's expected to join us some, uh, sometime coming up here in the final half hour. We'll crosstalk. In 30 with Waddle and Sylvie. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. So in the next five minutes or so, we should hear from Kevin Warren, New Bears president. Talk to the media today. We played some sound bites, and uh, we'll ask him to... Talk in further detail about a few things with us, including how involved in football ops he's going to be. The stadium sounds like it's going to be, you know, his baby. And why not? It's the thing he's done most. It's the thing he's done best. I don't know how many times we've referenced since this news first broke a couple of weeks ago that uh, the Bears were interested in Kevin Warren, that he got that stadium done in Minneapolis, which uh, everybody raves about. Of course, it was, was it a week ago today, Yurko, that... uh... I feel like it was. It was a week ago today. Where is it? Let's yeah, it was. Still, it was when Yurko right? broke the news, right? Yeah, I think Tuesday, I still, I, was it a Tuesday? It was. I think I still have it on my page. I think this was a week ago today. Breaking and, news? And, and, and I, yeah, I'm news? confident. I'm confident. Uh, you know, confidence is high in the Yurkovich camp on this one. Mm. And what might be the least surprising news of the decade, mm. uh, Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner. They made a decision up there in the next couple of days, even before the end of the week, Kevin Warren will become the president of the Chicago Bears. Boom! By week's end, according to the good kid. Yeah, by week's end. God, I hope for you're right sure. on this. Certainly, but, you know, I'm trying to before Friday at some time. Yeah. Kevin Warren will be the uh, president of the Chicago We've, Bears. And Yurko was right. By yeah. Thursday, they announced it. Yeah, I'm not shocked. 
I, I mean, I'm not shocked. My guy, Johnny Newsbreaker over here. Matter of fact, the other guys that were in consideration, now that we're sitting here just kind of spitballing a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, were an uh, international soccer um, a high Official? up. Yeah, and somebody from the NBA, an executive from the NBA wow, so with the Bears, a specific club. The yeah. Bears really went out and like... Yeah. They did it, actually. Yeah, they, they went actually out, they, went out like, and tried to find somebody. Tried to find somebody. Yeah. And they landed on a guy we think of is... some ilk. Of some ilk. An excellent choice yes. for the role. And is going to do great things for them. We I hope. Said, well, what do you know, man? They're, you know... I'm a fan of that. They're finally doing it, Yerk. I know. So hopefully uh, we hear from Kevin Warren in just a few minutes. And then at 2, of course, we'll cross-talk with Waddle and Sylvie. They've got their show 2 to 6. Black is on tonight, 6 to 8, to continue Bears conversation and NFL wildcard weekend and... Already start uh, turning our attention to the divisional round and the four games. This weekend is always so much fun. It's one of Sylvie's favorite sports weekends on the calendar year. Because, again, you get usually the quality of plays a little bit better, right, Eric? You know, you get the teams that were on the bye now coming out of bye, ready to rock and roll. And we get two games on Saturday, two more on Sunday. This really is always a, uh, a weekend we look forward to a lot. I-, I wish the officiating would get better in the NFL. I don't know what to say. Did you see the report over the weekend, too, that there are people inside the NFL there are owners at this point. There are executives that are becoming livid with the state of officiating. They specifically pointed to the failures that the officials made in the Rams-Seattle Seahawks game in Week 18. That seemed to be a major talking point um, like inside league yeah. circles yeah. about how bad it was. And what do you think they're going to do, the NFL? I don't know. But you're, why? Because they complain all the time about officiating. How at this point is this not a full-time job because you can't they, they don't pay the officials a full-time salary i guess that's what these I'm saying. guys like, all do something they all do they're all very they're successful all professionals too. they're all very successful and they do things i'm a professional yeah i keep hearing that everywhere i, I go very, i'm a professional I'm a professional. Yeah. I'm a professional i'm a professional great movie by the way <laughs> right you're like yeah. and at the but and denzel is like what is it mean? washington yeah, yeah. everybody's a professional all right but you're right they're all lawyers they're accountants they're uber successful right. people yes. Can't they transition away to, from that? They to... don't believe that they're worth it. That's what the NFL believes. They're, they're not worth paying, and it's not worth making them full-time officials. And not only that, why would I want to have 60-year-old men running around? Mm. If I was going to make officials officials, why wouldn't I make officials 25-year-old men? Mm-hmm. 35-year-old men, guys that, can... that still can move, that can see, have good vision. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't... There were plays again all weekend. Too. Well, the, I mean, the ones they, they, that bother me the most are all the defensive holding by the defensive secondary. Tons. I've got a guy running a route, breaks to his right from the left side, goes up to try to catch a pass with one arm because his other arm is tied down by defensive holding from the other side. Nobody goes up to try. You didn't catch the ball. How are you going to catch a ball like that? <laughs> you look like a T-Rex. Yeah, Eric. you look like a, 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 a one-eyed lobster trying to catch it with one claw. It doesn't work that a way. One-eyed One-armed. Lobster. One-armed lobster. I said one-eyed. I say one-eyed. One-armed one lobster. Eye, one yeah. claw. And, and like in the, the defensive the, holding's ridiculous. I can't stand it. I hate it's it. It's terrible. League. Yeah. And they miss so much. They really do. Yeah, they worry about defensive linemen holding offensive linemen. The holding that you need to concern yourself with is the ones that are not allowing receivers to do anything. And uh, who was it in the game the other day, number 14? Was well, getting mugged. Well, he yesterday. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, yeah, Godwin couldn't the, run any pass. On he the two-point try. mugged. On the two-point try. Mugged. Yeah. And they refused to call anything. Now, it's probably not going to matter in that game, but you're right. right. When Tampa yeah, scored, finally scored right. its first touchdown, he was being, but how, how he was literally being dragged down. Carm, the game's 7 nothing. They're in the red zone, 
And they end up oh, you're two. talking about that one. Right, I'm but sorry. They throw an intercept. No, I'm talking about all, all of, of them. Okay. All of them. So what they do as a defensive backfield is they interfere and they hold on every play, and they dare you. See, they set the bar. They move the chain to where you can only call the most egregious stuff instead of calling the stuff that's penalties. Any contact past five yards is a penalty. They and, never call it. And this is from a defensive yes. guy saying it. You know, it's like, terrible. It's terrible. It bogs the league down. It bogs the game down. It's not good. It's terrible. They really miss a lot. I yeah. mean, they, they just do. And it's not even just the whole And then I mean, when they it, decide to call what they want to call, it's like, why that one and not the I 20 other plays? I don't know. I mean, it is. The, 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 the best thing they ever did, I think, was again uh, the guy in the New York Jets corners, Monday Night Football game. And it wasn't. Was it Revis? No, it wasn't Revis. It was the other guy that played on the other Antonio side. Antonio Cromartie? I, I can't remember right now, but they called like 14. Yeah, I think it was Cromartie. Contact, illegal contact, illegal holding penalties on him. Yes. And they just kept calling him because you can't play that way. And if they refuse to implement uh, or they pl- uh, uh, they refuse to officiate the rules that have been implemented, well, what the hell is the use of having the rule for? What are we doing? It doesn't make any sense. What do you think Brady was doing, by the way, on that pick? Was he trying to throw it out of bounds and he just didn't get it there? I think he was trying to throw it through the end zone. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Throw it through the yeah. end zone and it just it didn't it didn't happen. Yeah. That was, was a bad turnover. Lackluster. You know, and 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 especially then because now you're getting the ball at the twenty for yeah, the couple. And they went right back swing. down the field and scored again. Fourteen point swing right there. Instead of seven seven, it's uh, fourteen nothing. Who's the who they signed for their kicker? We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. No, Let's uh Let's bring in uh, the the man of the hour. Uh, we've been talking about this for some time now. Kevin Warren is the new uh, Bears president and CEO. The press conference was today. He joins Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And, Kevin, thank you for the time. And congratulations. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you all uh, for for the time. I appreciate, um, you know, everything. And, and um, I'm excited to get our partnership started with you all uh, here soon. But just, just thank you for everything. Can you already start to feel uh, some of the genuine excitement that is resonating amongst Bears fans about your hire? Yes, 100%. Uh, I felt it actually, you know, when you all uh, talked about the, the, the story. and uh, But I really feel it now. And I think hopefully they feel, you know, me. I'm, I'm sincere. I'm all in. I love our fans. And I just cannot wait to get to work and get started. And uh, we got something special here. And and it's going to be fun. When did the courtship start, Kevin? Uh, 30 years ago. I think it's uh, my first game that I came here at Chris Zorch in 92. Uh, that's really where I fell in love with the Bears and, and fell in love with the family and respected what uh, they stood for. Um, and so it's good. You know, sometimes relationships take a long time to cultivate and culminate, but I just think, it took 30 years, a little over 30 years for this one, but it's the right time for the right reasons. What, uh, I, I guess I would say, like, what or ask, what excites and intrigues you most about taking this job now, considering the offseason ahead for the Bears? I'd say the challenge. I mean, most of the time, if you look at some of these NFL franchises, you may have one of the items. We have about five. Hmm. You know, we, we have the number one pick. We have draft capital, we have free agency, we have salary cap resources, we have a stadium solution. Um, so, you know, when, when, you, when, when you, you, you get an opportunity to do this, especially if you're a person that embraces challenges, then it, it's exciting. It's, uh, not for the, it's not for the faint of heart, and it's not for, for, for everyone, but it really is exciting to be able to attack all these things at the same time. 
How will you be involved when it comes to football decisions? I'll be involved uh, at every single aspect of it, but from a from a partnership standpoint with Ryan and with with Coach Matt uh, to be be able to build the best uh, football product and uh, to ask the questions to, to to bring up issues to see if there's any thing in my history resource that can add value. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here to win and I'm not here to who gets credit and who has the final say and all those different things. I'm here to win and for us to be able to work together. And it's easy to be that way when you have people that you trust and respect. And I trust and respect both uh, Matt uh, and Ryan um, and also, you know, George and, and, and Ms. McCaskey. So I'm confident that we will work incredibly well together. We'll have fun. We'll win a lot of games. We'll win championships, and I'm looking forward to get to work. Kevin, do you expect that to happen as you, as you sort of transition to this role this spring? Do you expect that involvement to happen starting with the you know the the free agency process and the draft process uh, coming up here in the next couple of months? Yes, yes, absolutely. As I said, I was with uh, Ryan in the draft room this morning, just talking through just just high level, see how he sets up things, and I, I'm here as a resource, and so I'll be transitioning out of the Big Ten, transitioning here. I'll have you know these regular meetings with with uh, Ryan and and uh, uh, Matt, and the same thing like I'm doing with Ted, you know, from a stadium and finance accounting operations, just gathering information. So yeah, I'm 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 excited about it, and, and we'll all be involved and in working together, and then hopefully just add value. Kevin Warren is our guest. It's Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. I, I guess you did touch on this a little bit during the press conference, and I'm hoping you can maybe reiterate uh, for us here. But it, it sure sounds like. The one and only stadium deal uh, that you guys uh, vision right now is a deal in a new stadium in Arlington Heights. Is that correct? Yes, one hundred percent. That 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 is our sole focus at this point in time. If if the city comes and says, Mr. Warren, could you at least have a conversation with us? Would you, or does it not even matter at this point? No, I think the focus is 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 uh, Arlington Arlington Park. I mean, that's the focus. And uh, and again, I'll I'll learn more uh, about our, our site and, and, you know, the, the, my thought process once I started able to get information. But uh, based upon what I know at this point in time, the 100% so unequivocal focus is on Arlington Park. We have heard from many people uh, the stadium in Minneapolis might be uh, the best, certainly one of the best, if not the best in the league. Uh, what do you recall about maybe beginning that endeavor, and, and how prepared did you feel you were to, you know, go down the road of building such a, a big, modern, beautiful stadium? Well, one, I, I, what I recall, and I mentioned in the press conference, that we spent uh, a lot of time with the planning and the organization of the stadium process. You know, so many people, uh, when you build stadiums, they want to see the uh, trucks on the ground, and they want to see you digging. <laughs> I mean, just... Right away, just they want to see dirt flying and and people in hard hats. We spent uh, many hours, months, weeks uh, planning, and so that way, when we started to dig and and get going on it, it went smoothly. And as George alluded to, we were not only early, uh, we were under budget. Mm-hmm. And so I just think projects are so massive, uh, you can't have any any like missteps. And so I think that the, the thing that that we'll work on here is to make sure that the planning. That we're meticulous in our planning, you, you know, which is crazy. Do you think? And we not only plan the the construction, but we plan all the way through, like what the game day experience would look like. Mm. Do you feel like that was one of the things that really attracted you, or, or, or was most attractive about you for George and the Bears? 
Uh, you know, I, I think it's, I mean, you have to ask them specifically, but I think it was a combination uh, of items. But the you know, stadiums are, you know, the interesting thing about it, there, there are not many people on the planet who, who have built a stadium. That doesn't mean that you can't build one because that U.S. Bank was my first one, and it turned out, you know, well, collectively had a great team together. But, but there are not a lot of people who get a chance to do them because they don't have to often. Right. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, them being in the same division and getting a chance to play in there and to see it and the, for the price and the timing and the cost and, and all that, it tells a story. I think that's – and what it's done to, to really revolutionize uh, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis. So, um, you know, that's, just, that's something that I'm proud of. It took a lot of work, and, and uh, I didn't think that I'd be doing it again because if you, if you have a chance to talk about potentially building a stadium on your career, it's incredible – if you have a chance to actually build one in your career, it's magnificent. And if you have a chance to do two of them, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's happened. If yeah. anyone's ever done that before, so uh, I'm laser focused and, and and look forward to the challenge. Did you uh, kind of have an idea uh, at some point that you might find your way back into the NFL, even after you were running the Big Ten? I mean, it's something that, you know, you think about, but it, my job there was so massive and focused. I didn't have a chance to really think about much of anything other than trying to be successful there. Mm. And, um, you know, with our media deals and expansion and social justice and mental health and, you know, COVID issues. I mean, it was, it was, it was a 40 month sprint. It was, I, I would say it was like running the three thirty high hurdles. Mm. Um, um, that, that's what it was like. It was, it was, you know, the, the demands and the requirements and the energy that it took. And so now I'm excited to be able to take that that was stretched across 28 sports to be able to now put that laser on one franchise, on one team, um, on one sport. Uh, that, that's what I'm excited about. Is it true that uh, when you heard about the Bears, like sort of putting their toe in the water with Arlington Park, you drove, you drove by the site just to kind of look at it and get an idea of what, like, you know, start oh, yeah. to maybe have a vision of it? Is that true? Yeah, I drove not by it. I actually drove in. I don't know what happened. Maybe the gates were open that day. I caught at the right time. I actually drove in it and drove around it. And it's you know for you to see that massive site with over three hundred acres and the, and the things that you could do there, it's it's really it's unique. What is so like? What do you already have? I'm mean, I'm assuming you do. I mean, like, can you already start to like picture it in your mind a little bit? I mean, I always picture things in my mind. But what I'm excited about, I don't want to let the pictures get too shaped in my mind. Because now I got to get to the papers, and once I get to the papers and start, you know, reading the kind of the structure and potential of the deal, and then I can go back to dreaming a little bit more. But it was just good to go, you know, to see how close it was to the high uh, highway, the ingress, the e- egress. Mm-hmm. I always look at the infrastructure, roads, you know, um, and, and so that's a good thing about it. But it's a massive site. I think there's only a few clubs that have the business model that can operate 365 days a year. The Green Bay Packers have one of those where their facilities are always open. Uh, they're always available to the fans. They're always generating revenue and cash flow. Uh, the, the, the Rams and the Chargers with Stan Kroenke out there might be another one of those. Is that what you guys envision, a 365-day-a-year a business model that's generating cash and, uh, and bringing that, that cash flow through the system? I mean, I think that's the, the mindset, and again, that's why I'm excited about digging into this project, learning more about it, seeing what we can do, what we can do to get better. Um, and so I, I just can't wait to get my briefing books and, and start digging into it. But, but that's a, uh, for our, our fans of the Chicago Bears to, to have that, uh, you know, th- 365, uh, 24-7 is really special. 
Kevin, George stated in the past uh, at some point last year that the, 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 their ideal plan would be to build the stadium without turning to the public for money, but that they would need assistance in developing everything that goes into what we're talking about, that 365-day or sort of entertainment complex. I, I would ask you a couple things here. Is that still the plan, and do you guys expect some serious hurdles with potentially getting public money for developing that land? Yeah, I haven't, and I said impressed. I'll know that in about six months. I, I have to up to speed. I'm, I'm just not any answer I would give would be totally a conjecture. Okay, but we'll talk to you about it. But I, I got to get up to speed on the, you know, kind of the structure of the deal now. Okay, um, did, is it true you don't have any hobbies? You said that during the press conference. I don't. I, don't. I, I my wife bought me a set of golf clubs twenty years ago. <laughs> Had them for a year, and then she took them back. She, I went there one day. Said, "Where are my golf clubs?" She said. Why you're not going to play anyway? I took them back six months ago, and then I did just buy another set uh, earlier uh, last year, and uh, I haven't picked them up yet. They're ready, so I'm gonna pick them up. <laughs> um, um, I don't do I don't I don't do much. I don't hunt. I don't fish. I love collecting wine, and mm, uh, you're a wine collector. There you go. Yeah, I, I love doing that, and uh, and I guess you know travel. I mean, we like you know we like traveling, but I guess my hobby is is, is work and. And competition. Unfortunately, my wife, she loves sports and loves the NFL, loves football uh, as much as I do. Well, so we great. always, oh, that's the good thing about it. Well, we got to ask, what's the uh, favorite bottle in the cellar? I have so many uh, bottles in the uh, cellar, but I'm, 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 I, I, I mean, I like it all. I don't discriminate. And uh, <laughs> I, I like New World, but I'm an Old World person. I like, you know, Burgundies and, oh, yeah. and, and but I like, Napa calves are like Pinots. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I don't discriminate. And uh, so I look forward to having a great, great meal with you all. Yes. And we'll break. You'll be able to have a virtual cellar on my phone, and I'll open it up. And you can you can look and pick anything. I'd love to, to do it. I told my kids I'm going to leave two bottles of wine in, in the cellar, one for each one, and otherwise everything else is going to be gone. Maybe a 73 <laughs> Chateau Montalena. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, that's a great yeah. philosophy about that wine cellar. I love it. Two for you guys, and the rest will be consumed <laughs> by the end. I love it, uh, Kevin. We appreciate the time. Congrats. We look forward to the partnership, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. I look forward to it. I appreciate everything you all uh, stand for, and look forward to work with you. So take care. God bless. Have a great day. Thanks, Kevin. There's Kevin Warren, the new president and CEO of the Bears. We'll uh, react to some of that. We'll get a chance to do it with Waddle and Sylvie coming up. The guys will be down for crosstalk in just a few minutes. Uh, so we'll be back. And the final word today is from The Good Kid, and it's brought to you as always by Bath Planet. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word, word. on Carmen and Yurko. And if you're an idiot out there, I'm talking to you. Okay? If you're not an idiot, then I'm not talking to you. But there's a slew of idiots out there, and I'm talking directly to you.